Hello and welcome to the Broski Cast. The brother from another wrestling podcast is back, and this week's topic is the top ten workers of all time. Joined with me, as always, is the Macho Man Randy Savage. To my leaping Lanny Poffo, the one, Jason Salzman. Jay, how we doing? Good, bro. Great to be back. Great to get the Broski Cast rolling again, and what a great way to pick up and keep going with the ten best workers of all time. I agree. I completely agree. Um, uh, I think I think it's safe to say I, I think we enjoy entertainers and talkers, but I think from my viewers' perspective on uh, pro wrestling, I think we really uh, enjoy uh, good workers inside the ring. Yeah, because it takes that and uh, to uh, to keep the people uh, in, interested, engaged in the matches. Um, uh, work, being a good worker is is equal parts. Um, technicality, but but also storytelling, and um, I think everybody on the list, as well as all of our mentions, um, are guys that really did that one way or another uh, to a great extent, and uh, we'll be discussing all of it. No, and I, I completely agree. We got guys from different eras. We got guys from uh, different promotions. Um, uh, if someone was not on the list that out there that you thought should be on the list, or we're sorry, but, you know, maybe we'll revisit this list in a couple of years and maybe said wrestler will be on this list. But until then, this is the uh, this is the list that we put together for you. And we'll uh, kick it off with uh, our uh, honorable mentions. Yes, sir. Uh, first up, uh, uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Beautiful Bobby. What a great, great member of the Midnight Express, but also a great singles wrestler. Um you know, beautiful Bobby was one of those guys that um, knew how to get new stars over. Um, he knew how to shine up guys that they were ready to bring up and kind of take off and take the baton and run for a while. Uh, he was the perfect guy for that. Um, and that's the true professional in the wrestling business is the guy that can that can go in there um, and shine up the guy that they need uh, him to shine up and, and get over and everything like that. Um, he was a great technical wrestler, um, very little wasted movement in the ring, um, very good pace. Um, he wasn't the greatest talker. Uh, he wasn't the greatest body, but um, absolute uh, great, great skills in the ring, um, getting from point A to B without looking too choreographed and just um, doing spots for the sake of spots. So he was a great one, and uh, I'm glad he made this list. Uh, yeah, great tag team wrestler. Uh, for what I've seen, uh, just with his work with Steve Austin, good singles wrestler. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely deserves a mention here. Uh, next up, he's not the man of a thousand or four holes, but he's the man of a thousand holes. The Iceman, Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko, uh, and part of that, part of that really core group uh, that came over uh, from WCW. When talk about Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Dean Malenko. Um, a guy that we won't talk about, but all guys uh, that came over um, and, you know, everybody knew they could go. Um, Dean Malenko, a small guy, but in that cruiserweight division, um, really was the was the centerpiece along with Chris Jericho, I think, because uh, Malenko could get a good match out of anybody. Um, he could be the second, third, fourth match on those WCW pay-per-views. Um, and really steal the show a lot of the times. Um, and he had that great finisher, uh, the Texas Cloverleaf, um, which, as we said, we, you and I have talked about before, is kind of like you know, a marriage between the sharpshooter and the figure four leg lock. Um, and it was just a really cool hold. 
Um, again, he had many of them, of course, a thousand to be exact. And um, a, a guy that was kind of, uh, you know, I love how he walked down to the ring and kind of uh, rubbed his wrist and kind of shook his arms. You know, he kind of, it, everything that he did made you think that this was a no-nonsense guy that was for real. Um, this wasn't a fake thing. This was a guy going out there to win a wrestling match. It was really, really awesome watching Dean Malenko. No, and you you hit pretty much everything on the, the head with that. Um, the only thing I can think of, uh, for anybody that's never watched a Dean Malenko match out there, um, just I, I believe it was Halloween Havoc 96 when he faced Rey Mysterio. Just go watch that match. And it's a contrast of styles, but uh, that's probably Dean Malenko at, at his uh, absolute finest. Yeah, that's a great uh, reference. Great wrestling. Uh, next up uh, – Another tremendous talent, and he had a ton of matches that were just uh, phenomenal. Um, it's not that guy, but he it was it was it was phenomenal matches. Um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, and and again, you know, we've talked about this before, but the guy's got probably two of the most iconic wrestling matches of all time in the WrestleMania three match with Macho. Um, and then also with Ric Flair uh, in Chicago um, at the, uh, I believe it was the Chi-Town Rumble or something like that. Um, but put it in your YouTube machine. Um, go back and watch The Dragon. Um, and, and just the pace. I mean, Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair were in such great ring shape. There is absolutely no rest holds. There's no taking a time out you know flair of course does his beg spots and stuff like that but there was very little wasted energy in that ring um everything was sort of um you know flowed from from movement to movement from spot to spot and they got in several times 60 minute matches hell flair and steamboat wrestled the 60 minute draws before um can you imagine a 60-minute match that with no resolution and the fans are still leaving going, God, what a match. I mean, Jesus, those guys uh, laid it all out there. And then what can you say? Um, you know, Macho Man, Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three. if it's not the greatest wrestling match of all time, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know what – I mean, easily the greatest WrestleMania match, I think, of all time, um, just wrestling match. So, um, yeah, Ricky Steamboat. Definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I agree. If it's not the greatest wrestling match of all time, it's definitely the greatest WrestleMania match. Um, tremendous work. Uh, helped put uh, uh, Steve Austin over in a way that he wasn't getting any help from WCW. Yep. Uh, helped out Dustin Rhodes when they uh -huh. were tag team. Uh, was also in a tag team with Shane Douglas. Made him look pretty good, too. Yeah, and, uh, and very cool look. You know, had the bandana, had the gi. Um had, had the off the top chop, um, really yep. fiery in the ring. You know, he was, he always showed you how hard he was working because he would just be covered and matted and sweat every match and uh, really knew how to bring a lot of emotion into the match too. So he was, he was phenomenal. Yep. Great worker, great worker. And the next guy up is, is, was a great worker as well. He was a great talker. I think that was what he's more known for, but he could also work. And I think he's also uh, instrumental in uh, showing the WWE audience kind of the uh, indie style of wrestling. And I think right. he was really a, 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 a trailblazer in that sense, uh, CM Punk. That's a great point. I mean, I think that's what his legacy is. Um, he was the guy that ushered in um, the indie scene into 
the sports entertainment sort of PG era um, where, you know, wrestling went from that attitude era to that ruthless aggression to then, then the WWE's public and their shareholders. So we're kind of really have scripted promos and this and that. And he sort of kind of came in and brought the indie crowd, the straight edge crowd, and just a phenomenal storyteller in the ring. Um, very, very, very good um, ring psychology. Um, um, you know, not, um, he had, he had great work rate and he also went to the ropes, um, to the, you know, he went to the top rope. He went, he could wrestle on the mat. Um, and like I said, the psychology, um, from this perspective of, you know, we got to go in here and tell this story from bell to bell. Um, he was the guy, um, that could really kind of keep a narrative going um and it was it was really impressive because that on top of what he did to set up a match uh really made him somebody that we couldn't leave on this list even if we it was just a mention yeah no um completely agree i'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time because i know that you know i'm a huge cm punk fan i I think the audience knows because i talk about him anytime i get the chance um uh all i can say is uh go back and watch his uh, match with Cena at Money in the Bank, uh, and that's all you need to know. Uh, it's I think it's his best match. It it is, in my opinion, it's his best match. Either that or with uh, Brian at uh, Yeah No Way Out in 2012. Yeah, Either and his those, his Undertaker Mania match was really Undertaker, good too. Yeah, any yeah. one of those trio yeah. matches we just go watch them. Yeah, just go watch them. Good stuff. Uh, last up on honorable mentions, uh, man. Uh, this guy, I don't want to say he was the muscle of the four horsemen because he really wasn't because he was a phenomenal talent. Um, but he was kind of the big bruising guy and they brought it, but he was a good wrestler before the horsemen. But this is where I really remember where I really, you know, started. I'll go back and watch classic stuff. But, uh, next up we've got, you know, Barry Windham. And like I said, he was great wrestler before that, but his legacy, you know, with the four horsemen cannot be uh, overshadowed. Just such an impressive guy. Um, really, really big, strong member of the NWA in that whole scene. Um, but Wyndham was a guy that was so big that he was like, he was like Terry Gordy. Um, it, a lot of people know Bam Bam and, and watch the matches. Um, Terry Gordy was so big, but could work such a good wrestling match. And that was sort of the way Barry Windham was too. And Barry Windham shined up whoever was in the ring with him. He shined up his partners when he was tagging with people. He got Dustin Rhodes over as well, way over as a tag team. Um, They had some great, absolute great matches when they were tag team champions in WCW. Um, uh, Windham was the muscle of the horsemen, um, which really stands out because the horsemen had an enforcer for crying out loud. So, I mean, you know, the fact that the guy could come in there, he had a great look, he was a big guy, and he could absolutely go um, inside the ropes. And, um, you know, Barry Windham was a guy that um, lots of wrestlers that are very good and that have made this top ten will say, um, you know, Barry can have my place in, on the list. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, and, I mean, even when he wasn't in the Horseman, he had he had almost – hour-long matches with guys like Ric Flair for a big guy he could he could go to that was that was a crazy thing 
Uh, yep. And you know what? Here's another thing. The guy always had a belt on him. Yeah. So that tells you about what the promoters thought and what the guys making the decisions thought about who we need to have out in front of our fans as, hey, this guy is worthy of a title. Um, that, that right there tells you everything you need to know. No, completely agree. Um, that was our honorable mentions. I uh, thought it was a pretty good little cut, too. Like I said, I hate I hate that the guys weren't on the official list, but we, we found a way to get them in the honorables. And, you know, eh, at least we talked about them, you know? We talked about them. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, there you go. But here we go. This is the top 10. This dun, is the dun, top dun. 10. Right at number 10. Honestly, this is probably my favorite wrestler to, in the world right now. Um, he's Uh-oh. been my favorite wrestler for a very long time. I don't know. Here he goes. I've been watching him for probably since the the dawn of Impact TNA, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the it one, the only, dare I say phenomenal? Dare I say phenomenal, Mr. <laughs> AJ Styles? Oh man, this guy. I mean, I mean, you could say probably if you said like who is the who is the best worker right now in the wrestling world that's currently going um you know he's he's up there um a lot of people would say he is and i would not argue with them um, i'm not saying i would also say he is i would say that i would not argue with them because i think he's worthy of at least being some people's pick um as currently the best um the guy's got it all athleticism look uh, and he knows how to have a wrestling match. Um, his wrestling matches are exciting without pandering to excitement. And what I mean by that is he works high spots in as part of a narrative of a match. It's not just to get one in to make the crowd go, Ooh. he's looking to make the crowd on the edge of their seat for the entire 30 minutes or whatever, not just a high spot. So he is phenomenal <laughs> and i hate to, oh. not, you know that's ridiculous of me but i'm serious he, he's very um smooth s- smooth as a baby's butt and um you know the guy i i i remember a lot of the tna stuff the x division you know when he when he had the earrings and the necklace in it you know and i mean he was just he was cool and he, he could really go and he had the hood and you know, he'd come out and, uh, you know, styles clashed. I mean, cool moves that you had never seen. Um, he did the stinger splash, you know, his own thing. Um, and it made it his own. And, um, and then catapulting off the ropes and stuff like that. Just very, very good. And has had so many great matches with all kinds of different wrestlers. Um, no, you're, you're right. Uh, completely just a, a great wrestler. And here's the crazy thing. Uh, a lot of guys on this list that we're going to mention, they grew up as wrestling fans. And I'm not saying like AJ probably, I'm not saying AJ was never a wrestling fan, but he's going on record saying that he, he grew up, uh, they lived very poor, you know, where he lived and he didn't, he wasn't privy to pro wrestling. He didn't actually, mm-hmm. he didn't get into pro wrestling until after college and somebody had mentioned it to him, I believe. And yep. but he wasn't a wrestling fan growing up. And it's crazy to think that, and you don't necessarily have to be a wrestling fan growing up to become a great wrestler, but you know, like if you study the business, it helps you a little bit. It helps. It helps. And that's why you see so many great wrestlers being the sons of great wrestlers. Yeah. Um, that's not a coincidence. You know, I mean, you have to have an understanding of the business, I think, to s- some extent, 
And AJ, like you said, that's what makes him even more impressive is the fact that he kind of caught on later in life. Like he's like a he's like a boxer that didn't start till they were in the mid twenties. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's what makes it all the more impressive. Yeah. Um, last thing I'm going to say on him, uh, uh, his match, I can't remember what the pay-per-view was, but his match, his, he had a triple threat with uh, Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe, who easily could have been on this list, both great workers. Was that a bound for glory? It could have been. but it was. I, that it was sounds a, like a bound for glory. It could have been. I mean, it could have been one of the little one-all pay-per-views too, but I can't remember. Slammiversary, something like something that. that. But – Phenomenal match. If you've never seen it, uh, go put it in YouTube because uh, you're definitely not going to find it on the network. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, great match. Uh, but he can have a great match with anybody, and that's why he's on this list. Um, mm-hmm. If we talked about, you know, AJ wasn't really a big fan of the business, uh, this next guy had a definite knowledge for the business. He was a second-generation wrestler. He was, you know uh, – you know, another bad pun here, but this guy was absolutely perfect, Kurt. Oh, the man. You know, this just says a lot about this list that Kurt Henning is number nine. Um, because, um, oh, okay, let's just start throwing some out. Both matches with Brett, the 91 uh, SummerSlam and the – um, the ninety, uh, not the ni- the ninety one SummerSlam, and then the ninety two, I believe, King of the Ring, ninety three King of the Ring. I think it was ninety three because I think Kurt was working hurt, but he still put on a great match. That dude, that's yeah. the thing. He was so hurt, yeah. And that's what Brett Brett has been on record so many times. That, you know, Kurt, his back was just absolutely, and I Kurt freaking bridged. He did a perfect mm-hmm. flex for Brett in that match, and. His back was so hurt, and I think his back was bad in both matches with Brett. But those are two that you have to watch. Um, he had some really good matches with Hogan early um, that weren't there were kind of like hidden gems, um, and got good matches out of Hogan, um, which you know everybody talks about Japanese Hogan how good he was over there, but um, we didn't see it much in the. Uh, in the early '90s, WWF, he didn't really do much. He showed up at pay per views and did his thing and hawked up and got a check. Yep. Um, but but perfect got really good matches out of him, and and perfect also um, had really good matches with Kerry Von Erich too. And his early AWA days were really good. Um, Mr. Perfect was a fantastic in ring technician. Um, it's he's kind of like you know I look like I look at Perfect kind of like I look at Mantle. Man, I wish he wouldn't have been hurt so much, you know? Yeah. Um, he, he spent so much time on the shelf um, that that's probably why he's nine, but uh, absolutely perfect. No, completely agree. Um, I wanted, I watched this documentary, and I think it was him and Bockwinkle, and they just – it was AWA for the AWA title. I believe this is what it was. But they just had yep. an absolute bloodbath. And Kurt, man, back before he started wearing that singlet, they just went out there and they – <laughs> yeah, it's hard the to short think hair Kurt, and everything. Yeah, it's hard to think of Kurt Henning without a single. It's just it's it's almost automatic. Yeah. yeah. Um, regardless of all that, great worker. That was a great match. Um, yes. There's really you won't really find a bad Kurt Henning match, and if you do, I think you're just trying to find a bad Kurt. Henning match. Right. Right. Uh, next up, uh, he was really instrumental 
in, I want to say, styling the way that some of the smaller guys work. Um, uh, he was a big influence on, a, like I said, a guy we were not going to talk about, but he was he was an influence for other guys as well. Um, kind of a hard-hitting style, but really just a technician in every sense of the word uh, and really didn't have the longevity, but it was – he he's deserving of this list, and that's the the dynamite kid. Dynamite kid. Um, again, uh, you can go on the network, I think, um, and see some of the old matches from uh, you know uh, Stampede Wrestling. Um, and if not, you can put it in your YouTube machine. Um, go sit, look at some of those early matches with Brett uh, for I believe it was called the Commonwealth Championship there yep. at Stampede Wrestling. Um, they had a match for the Commonwealth Championship there. Um, but Bret Hart's called Dynamite Kid the best worker of all time. Um, that's pretty high praise from a guy that's himself very, very good. Um, he was quick. Um, you know, he was agile, athletic. Um, he could do it all in the ring. There was nothing he couldn't do. Um, he was just so powerful, too, while also being small and, and lightning, lightning speed. Um, he, he, what a perfect name, the dynamite kid, um, you know, Tom Billington, just an absolute stud, um, kind of a crazy ass, you know, and I mean, yeah. that taints his legacy a little bit and, um, he's done some crazy shit, man, but, um, and he's also now, you know, just a beaten, broken man. Well, I mean, I think the dynamite passed away. I think, did he pass away? I, I want to say pretty he sure did. I yeah, I want Maybe to say not. he did. It wasn't. We never want to say anybody's dead before they're dead, but just he was. I think he might have died recently. I think I saw that, but, um, but he's been near death for a long time. He, you know, it's confined to a wheelchair and yeah, really, um, he was really hard on his body. Um, but he, but he laid it out there. He laid it out there, and um, he gave he gave it everything he had. And um, he was in just some wars. But if you watch some of those matches, man, some of those freaking European uppercuts and just flinging himself into the – you could see why his body broke down because he was just – it was just reckless abandon. But it was just – it was poetry in motion because it was so – it was such a sight to see this, this, you know, little package of dynamite just flying around and and doing really cool stuff and being such a – influence for so many wrestlers that came up yeah you you mentioned european uppercuts and it reminds me of cesario and i want to you know you you'd like to think that he probably got a little bit of that style from yeah because he's because cesaro's a little bit of a taller guy but he's not really the biggest bulkiest guy but he kind of works that same yeah um he also you know made the the diving headbutt whether you know good or bad he made the diving headbutt you know a a memorable move and uh, plenty of wrestlers have used it since then. Um, right. Haven't watched, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of Dynamite Kid, but from what I have watched, um, phenomenal worker, uh, uh, just a great talent, and uh, just didn't get too long of a career that he should have. But uh, you know, yeah, he he was he was a good worker nonetheless. Um, Very good. Next up, uh, you know, I mentioned that I mentioned that. AJ Styles, you know, grew up and he really wasn't that big of a, you know, wrestling fan. Of blah, blah, blah. This next guy, it's kind of a weird parallel because I, I don't remember him saying that he grew up watching wrestling, but this guy won gold in Atlanta in 1996 with a broken freaking neck. Broken freaking neck. Broken freaking neck. And then, you know, he comes into WWE 
a, a real amateur wrestler comes into you know this this sport that we love, and he's he's become one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, Kurt Angle. I think that's what was so that that we'll remember when it's all said and done about Kurt Angle, and we talk about him forever and everything like that. It was how impressive to to be a Olympic gold medalist wrestler come into the world of WWE, which is completely different. Like you could not, I mean, and he just, it was like, he was a natural from day one. He could work. He could talk. He just literally came in and just set it ablaze and became one of the best, you know, to ever do it. And um, it's damn true. I mean, the guy just, you know, he was phenomenal. Um, of course, you know, an Olympic gold medalist is going to look good in there. He's going to look athletic and incredible, and he did. And he had a great range of wrestling moves. Uh, he really knew how to uh, work around the ring, cut the ring in half, um, do things he needed to do to get the narrative out and get the story going and everything like that and have a wrestling match. And it was very, he never looked awkward. He never looked like he didn't know what he was doing or that he was trying to play wrestle. He looked like a guy that had been in pro wrestling before he was even in uh, amateur wrestling. And for it to be such a smooth transition and for him to be so good, um, I think that's the most impressive thing about him. And that's what we'll ultimately remember for him for the best is that transition and just the incredible matches he had. There were the the WrestleMania match with Shane, uh, or the King of the Ring match with Shane um, McMahon, um, and then his WrestleMania match with, I believe he had a WrestleMania match with uh, Brock that was just, you know, memorable because of the the bad stuff. But but also that before that and then during, that was just a fantastic match. Um, yeah. Um... I remember this interview. I, I've heard this interview quite a bit, and it's it, it's just funny to me. But uh, Jim Ross tells it. I'm pretty sure Kurt Angle's told it before too. But when he, when he first came in, um, they were you know because he's an amateur wrestler, like that's what he knows. And they were like, Kurt, we want you to be a you know a professional wrestler. And I I believe he told Vince like he's like Vince, I'm a gold medalist. I'm going to have to win every match to make it believable. And like, you know, uh-huh. if you're a wrestling fan, yeah, that sounds kind of cocky, but you know, if you think about it, it's like the dude's got a, you know, the dude's got a point. He's an average. It's true. Gold medal. And who's going to meet, the, who's like, going to beat gonna, the gold medal? Yeah, who's going to meet the gold, you know, and he had to kind of, you know, humble himself a bit and he turned out right. at first, he turned out a pretty big offer. And then he had to uh-huh. call Jim Ross back and say, is that offer still available? And Jim said, no, but you know, we'll give you this. And, you know, he had to kind of humble himself and mm-hmm. turn into one of my all-time favorite pro wrestlers of all time. Um, he was so good. Uh, his Iron Man match with Brock. You mentioned Brock, but he had an Iron Man match with Brock on SmackDown 2003. Oh, mm-hmm. my God, good stuff. Um, good his stuff. WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania Shawn Michaels. That's the WrestleMania match I was thinking Okay. Of. I mean, the one with Brock was good, too, uh, apart from the botch and all that. Um but his match with Sean is just, you know, I, I said that Macho and Steamboat was number one as far as WrestleMania matches, but if there, there's number two or number three, that match is definitely, that's, that's a close top one. Top three. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, he was just great, 
great worker. Uh, can't say enough good things about uh, Kurt Angle. Um, uh, he's just great. Um, next guy on our list, actually, um, I was trying to save it, actually, because he also had some pretty good matches with Kurt Angle. He had a pretty good feud. He also had matches, good matches with pretty much anybody he got in the ring with. Um, comes from one of the most legendary families in pro wrestling. Uh, Mr. Eddie Guerrero comes in at number six. Eddie, man, um, I still like tear up watching him beat Brock for the championship. Um, and then the emotional match with uh, another guy that was a mm-hmm. um, yep. big friend, a big time friend of his and, 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 just you know, he he could really. Eddie was awesome. Um, Eddie was really really good as far as knowing how to wrestle, um, getting a match out of people, being able to fly around, uh, being able to, um, you know, work a match, get from spot to spot, good pace. Um, and like a lot of the guys we talked about before, um, you know, Eddie was he would he could he could turn to the crowd, he'd get the crowd involved with all which ultimately that's what you're supposed to be out there doing is to getting is to be uh, you know getting a reaction out of the crowd um, in in one way or another. Eddie never forgot that or never paid failed to pay attention to that during his matches. Um, great matches with Kurt Angle, great matches with JBL. Um, uh, incredible guy and, and wonderful matches in WCW before he even got to WWE. So um, Eddie was incredible. And uh, of course we, we lost him way too soon. He was still having good matches uh, when he died. Um, and I think there was going to be a lot more for Latino heat out there um, at the time of his death, which makes it kind of sad. Um, but he nevertheless makes this list. His memory will live on forever. He did things that people will always remember uh, he lied, he cheated, and he stole our hearts. No, it was it was it was awesome to see the progression because yeah, I I remember when I was a kid first getting in, I was getting into pro wrestling. You know, when I was six, seven years old, and I would just have to flip back and forth between uh, WCW and WWE, and I'd watch you know Eddie Guerrero on WCW, and then when he came to WWE, which at the time WWE was just had a stranglehold on the rest of the business because it was white hot and he came to WWE and you know, he started having matches with all these WWE guys and it was Mm -hmm. great stuff. And then, you know, like not so much anymore, but Brock Lesnar used to be a pretty good wrestler. Mm -hmm. He got a good wrestling match at no way out of four from him. And that was probably, honestly, that was probably one of, apart from the Iron Man match I just mentioned with Kurt Angle, that was probably one of Brock's better matches he's ever had. Um, Great stuff. Uh, any any of his stuff with uh, Rey Mysterio from 1997, uh, 1996, uh, it, it can't be passed up. It's uh, uh-huh. it's uh, great work rate. He also had a, you know a pretty good match against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20, uh, where he did oh spot, great match where he did the spot where he loosened the uh, untied his boot, loosened the shoe. Yeah, Kurt went to go to get the uh, the uh, ankle lock and he reversed it into a roll up one two three. You know, he uh, he cheated on that one, too. But it was good work, um, like you said, uh, way too soon. And 
it's kind of a bad transition, but uh, the next guy on our list, uh, he was taken from us way too soon, and he was a great, great worker. Um, uh, honestly, in my opinion, I think he was the best worker of the Hart family. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, you had uh, coming in at number five, Owen Hart. The Nugget. Um, uh, the the worst tragedy in the history of professional wrestling. Um, but at, but before then, um, he was the Blue Blazer. He was the Rocket. He was the King of Hearts. Um, he was the Nugget. Um, he was, I've had enough. And then he was the Blue Blazer again. And through all of those things, while never really getting the push that he deserved, um, he just kept right on being uh, phenomenal in the ring. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, put a wrist lock on Owen and here goes 500 flips, dips, yep. and reversals. And he's jumping, he's running, jumping up the turnbuckles onto the top rope, um, dr- dropping and, and doing, you know, draping his legs over the top rope and backflip. I mean, the guy was just phenomenal. They put him with Coco Beware, for Christ's sake. I mean, he got something out of that. He made you want to watch a high-energy match, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, If anybody remembers, I'm using my age there, that tag team, High Energy. Look it up. That was actually the name of a tag team. Um, uh, I thought it was cool when he came out in the new foundation with him and Anvil. I thought that was a cool pairing. I thought it was cool when they put him together again, when he had his little run-in with Brett, and Anvil helped him win the king of the – king of the ring and and, and kind of came back and was a part of that um but as far as bell to bell um he was and for as long as he was an, in a wwe locker room he was the one of the top three bell to bell guys back in that locker room the entire time he was there and everybody would say that he was phenomenal great worker um as i said uh dips uh reversals, um, arm bars, things like that, you know, and he would just put on a clinic and, and, and his, like I said, there was very little rest space. There was very little dead time. Um, you know, the only blemish maybe on his career is that he dropped Steve on his head, um, uh, stone cold on his head. Um, but other than that, you know, never really hurt anybody was very safe and, um, it just, it sucks that he's, you know, he'll always be remembered as the guy that fell from the ceiling for a lot of people that aren't into wrestling, but those that are into wrestling uh, will remember the rocket and um, the fact that he was very, very good and could have been, could have been uh, one of the top guys going a lot, lot, lot more years than he had, than he had to stop at. No. And I mean, you're, you're right. It's, uh, it's a sad situation, but, for you know the, the true wrestling fans out there, for guys like you and me, uh, can't say good enough good things about Owen Hart. Um, his cage match with was it was it with Brett at SummerSlam '94? Yeah. Yep. Great. Match. Yep. For the that championship. Old, that old blue steel cage. Yeah. I think they they need to bring it back just if it's just for one time. Just the old blue steel. Yeah, yeah. Just bring it back for nostalgia's sake. They do, and that'd be cool if they had like a. Like a, like a, um, yeah, you know, it's like a throwback match, yeah. you know, or throwback cage match. Yeah. You know, that'd be, that'd be cool. That'd be a nice, that'd be a nice thing to do. Um, I just remember 
Remember the promo he did mm-hmm. before that match yep. in the dark? Yeah. You know, and that, that was cool. Yeah. Man. That was, man, he, that was such a great feud. Those guys killed it. Yeah. No, it was good. Uh, I remember in late 98 when I was a kid, he he had a match with Edge, and this was back before Edge really got – I think Edge just had gotten to – I think he would gotten real big with WWE, and he had a match with Edge, and it wasn't very long, but it was at – can't remember the name of the pay-per-view, but it was in a pay-per-view in Canada. And mm-hmm. it wasn't no, a the big, Stampede? No, I think Stampede no, was no, 97. This was uh, – Okay, okay. This was – I want to say it was like called like breakdown or something like it was something. Like okay, that. okay. But it wasn't a very long match. But Owen made Edge look like a million bucks. I mean, of course, I think I believe mm-hmm. Ed, Owen won the match, but he made Edge look like a million bucks even early on mm-hmm. in Edge's career. But yeah, he was just good at stuff like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, way too soon. Um, uh, but he definitely won't be uh, forgotten. And that's right. Um, our next guy, number four, uh, hasn't been forgotten. He's still talked about today. Um, he's still regarded, you know, even, you know, for his age, he's still regarded as one of the best in the world and certainly believes so in his mind. Um, I'm going to get heat because he's not number one from a certain uh, Jericho-holic, but uh, <laughs> right now, at number four, uh, one of my all-time favorites and one of the best to ever do it, Chris Jericho. A guy that has reinvented himself time after time after time again. But the one constant has always been that guy is going out there and every card he's on, you better you better go out there and whoop ass if you want to have the best match of the night because he was bound and determined to have the best match. He, he didn't care if he was first or last or in the title match and whatever. He was going to go out there and make sure the people left going, you know what? This t-shirt has these two guys on it, but the best match tonight was Chris Jericho and this other guy, you know, and his match with Sean at Safeco field, WrestleMania, one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time, the stuff he's doing now, even though he's kind of, you know, he's in the twilight and he's on the back end. Um, He's done really, really great work with AEW and Kenny Omega um, him coming back and kind of while he's with WWE or, you know, sort of kind of where he had that WWE lull going on and he came out with that big, you know, match with him and Kenny Omega. That was so cool to see him come out and be such a make such a headline um, at the, the last latter stages of his career. Um, and, you know, it's it, like I said, really, really good. Uh, charisma, crowd, crowd engagement in his matches. Um, referee, he, he he knew how to use the referee in wrestling matches. Um, if for people out there that are really hard marks, don't know what I'm talking about. The referee plays such a huge part in a wrestling match. Um, um, that that's that's why you know you see shitty referees and they stick out like a sore thumb, and you see really good professionals, and you're like, okay. Um, you know, they're, they're part of the, the dance floor. And so he could use a referee. Um, he could set up a match and then he could go out there um, and take care of business. And um, not only um, put together a really good story, but just athleticism and uh, 
you know, different array of moves. Uh, had always had really cool moves. The Lion Tamer, you know, the Lion Saw, um, you know, Walls of Jericho, stuff like, you know, just stuff like that was so cool. And he had those moments where you knew he was going to put things on that were exciting to the crowd and exciting to the fans. And he's built himself as uh, legitimately um, into Mount Rushmore discussion uh, when you talk about uh, all-time guys. And uh, it's been really, really impressive to see him still going strong and making big headlines. And a lot of it starts with himself and his belief in himself. And like I said, the the attitude of I'm going to go out there and have the best match. I could I could go on and on and on. I could probably make an entire podcast out of my top 10 Jericho match. Jericho match. Because yeah. he's that good. Um, no, there were so many good ones. Yeah. Um, I've been watching this guy for the last 20 years. Um, 21 years. That's, to be honest, uh, uh, that's probably how long my fandom's going on. But I've been yeah. this guy for so long. And I remember when he used to come out to Even Flow in yeah. WCW. Yeah, the I mean it wasn't the Even Flow, but it was. Yeah, the, you know, yeah. you know. The last time they got away with copyright on WCW, but I that's crazy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like WCW, he had good matches with uh, Mysterio. With he had good matches with Eddie. He teamed up with Eddie. Had good tag team matches. Um, uh-huh. His uh, he had some matches with Kurt Angle early on at WWF. He uh, he, I thought his feud with Dean Malenko, they even had good matches. Uh, he had, yep. you know, he, he was definitely the, the Mike in that feud, but you know, he made it work. Um, you, you mentioned his few, his, uh, match with, uh, uh, Sean at Safeco field, uh, phenomenal match. Um, he was in the very first money in the bank ladder match, which I still believe is the best money in the bank ladder match of all time. Yeah. Uh, first undisputed champion. First undisputed champion. I can't believe I didn't even mention that yet. Yeah. Beat the rock and stone cold. You would have got sure to it. I, I just had to, yeah. I just had to jump in there and steal yeah. the moment. No, you're good. Yeah. I mean, I, I really didn't think of it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and like I said, I can go on and on and on. I can make an yeah. entire podcast, but, uh, sum it up. Great worker. Um, we'll go, you're right. We'll go down as one of the greatest of all time to do it, if not the greatest when it's all said and done. Um, And then, and really, here's another thing, got Cena over big time. Yeah. And that was such a big help to Cena. That's another one. Cena owes Angle and Jericho everything. Yeah. That's another one. That's another one. Go look it up in your YouTube machine. It's a very underrated match, but I think it's a great one. Uh, Vengeance 2005. Christian, Chris Jericho, and Cena, triple threat for the WWE title. It's a great match. Uh, very awesome. underrated. Um, but, yeah, I'll get off my uh, love for Chris Jericho right now. <laughs> um, next up, this this guy, you could say, probably influenced Chris Jericho. He probably influenced a lot of other guys, um, like Eddie Guerrero, like Kurt Henning. Um, came and, and, you know, like Owen, came from a great wrestling wrestling family uh uh your favorite wrestler of all time are you talking about the excellence of execution right now i am talking about the excellence of execution right now. Mm-hmm. coming in at number three brett the hitman heart well okay brett is brett's biggest fan we've all always known that but yeah. there are so many guys including your favorite wrestler that say 
my favorite match or my best match I ever had was with the Hitman Bret Hart. What does that say to me? Well, it just says that as far as in the know guys and the guys that knew how to do it and knew what they were doing in the ring, he was the guy that they most fondly remember could go out there and give them their best match. Undertaker says it. Steve Austin says it. Diesel says it. You know, everybody, if you ask them, what's the best match you ever had? So many of them are going to say Brett because Brett could work with any style. He could work with any size. You know, he had a good, he, he had a great match with everybody. You know, the one, two, three kid match on Raw is one of the best matches mm-hmm. of all time. It really is. It's so good. And, but then he could also work with Yoko or Bam Bam. Um, or Vader. Or Vader. Yeah. Or, you know, or uh, he had good matches before he got kicked in the head, but he had a good match with Goldberg. Yeah. He was getting good matches out of Goldberg. You know, I mean, um, the the spot with the uh, the uh, metal chest thing that was so great, by the way. Uh, but anyway, um, I I don't want to digress, but um, yeah, the the ninety two uh, SummerSlam ninety two with Davey, um, probably his best match ever. Uh, I mean, maybe I, you know the Owen WrestleMania ten. Um, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think his best match ever is? What would you say? Well, you know, you know me. I'm a. You think it's you think it's SummerSlam or Owen at WrestleMania ten? I'm gonna for those. I'm gonna go for those guys. Neither, and I know that's controversial, okay. but uh, I'm okay. I guess it's because I'm too much of a mark for my favorite wrestler of all time, Mr. Stone Cold. Oh, Steve 13. Austin. Oh, you're going Wrestle, 13. WrestleMania yeah. thirteen, the submission match yeah. for Stone Cold. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't even think of that. No, you yeah, that, that could be that could be the that could, that's Stone Cold's best match of all time. Yeah. I mean, we're not even um, we're not even talking about uh, the Iron Man match. With I think what was oh my god, the Iron Man match was so good. What what was so crazy about the match with Davey though at Wembley is Brett lost that match and got over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like Brett says in interviews, he's like walking down to the ring. I, of course, I knew I was losing, but he goes, I was walking out to the ring to go. I'm on last. I'm going to show Vince, and I'm going to show everyone that I am the best in this company and I deserve, and the, the, it was after that night that Vince was like, well, he, we need to put the title on him, you know, and it, they were in a, they were in a weird spot. They were past Hogan and they, they were going to different things, the new generation away from the dinosaurs and the big guys and the cartoon and everything like that. And he got over because he could work. And that's why he's so high on this list is because he was, the first like worker world champion, you know, the world champion in the past had to have face paint or scream and yell or big old muscles. And Brett was the world champion because he legit could wrestle better than anybody. And I think that was what was kind of so important about his run. Yeah. Um, No. And, and you're right. And uh, like I said, I didn't, now, you know, granted, I'll go back and watch any classic wrestling that I like. So I, I go back and I watch Brett. But when I got into wrestling, I got into the, the latter half of Brett's WWF run. And we don't have to get into that because we all know what happened. We talked about it in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, his, his match with Steve at WrestleMania 13, just it, it can't be said how good that match was. And then double turn. Hit, yeah, double turn. And then his match with 
the the first match that they ever had him and Sean that Iron Man match or not the first match uh-huh. the first WrestleMania match they ever had. Well, I guess the uh-huh. only WrestleMania match they had the Iron Man match. Uh, yeah, great match. Uh, like I said before, even the Screwjob match was was a really good match. Um, yeah, it was a good match. It really was. Uh, and then you know like. His WCW run wasn't probably all that he wanted it out to be, but he, I mean, for what he had, he, he worked some pretty good matches. Uh, yeah. With what he was given. Well, he wasn't in it. His head wasn't right. Yeah. You know, he was so screwed up from what happened to him that he, I think Bischoff said in 83 weeks a few times that, that, he just wasn't in it. No. Like his head just wasn't there. He was nowhere in it. And then Owen dies, and he just that thing was sabotaging the start. Yeah. Um, but no, and enough good things can't be said. Yeah. Hard. Uh, and that's why he's you know he's number three on this list, uh, and yep. rightfully so. Um, he could have easily been number one, but uh, that's just the way the cards fell to us. Um, you mentioned that uh, you know Brett was the world champion because. He was the absolute best. Um, this next guy, number two, it was really hard for me not to put him number one, but, you know, I, I'm okay with that. This next guy, he was the world champion also because he was the absolute best wrestler, but he was also the best showman. He was the best talker, and he was just all around. He was great, but most of all, he could get in that ring, and he could go whether it was 10 minutes or 60 minutes. He was the man. Number two, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Yes, sir. Um, and and like you said, 60-minute man um, could go in there. Uh, I He had so – man, he had so many iconic matches. Steamboat, um, Dusty, um, uh, you know, Magnum TA, um, He's another one of those like that was like Brett. Like everybody says, oh, my biggest, greatest moments were with Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair is single-handedly is 100% responsible for the magic of Sting. Uh, he was literally in the ring telling Sting what to do to get him over. Um, and that's from him and Sting both. That's not a knock at Sting. That's just, you know, Flair was, you know, beat your chest, scream. You know, you know, and and people loved it. And he just knew exactly what to do. Um, you know, he was a Vern Gagne protege, um, but he kind of took off and had his own charisma. He took little pieces from different people, and um, he was in probably the best shape of anybody, um, just because he could, like you said, sixty minute matches, um, and the pace never the pace never slowed up. Uh, we went from, you know, spot to spot, um, flowed through, um, got a good match out of people that you didn't think you could get a match out of, um, and had such longevity. I mean, he was an old-ass man and had one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. Uh, the retirement match was Sean. Um, and he had some great moments in WCW there towards the end of that run. And Oh, excuse me. We're late, folks. Um, it's late. I'm an old man. I've been moving all day. Had to yawn there. Sorry about that. But, you know, Flair was um, a magical guy, um, everything. But this is about work and just in-ring talent. 
and he's number two very deservedly. Um, if number one wasn't so great, uh, he would be number one because um, you know, look at all the matches, and like I said, they're steamboats. And um, I always think Macho at WrestleMania 8, that was such a great match and such a great program, and they just flawlessly did that feud. I mean, it was so good. Those guys were at the apex of their careers, man. What a great joining of time there. That was such a great time for 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 WWF. Um, and WrestleMania 8 was always one of my favorites, and I thought that those guys had such a great match there. But um, right before that, the 92 Rumble, um, you know, he said is the greatest night of his life and, and really one of his highlights. And, and I agree because he went in there number three, um, you hear the buzzer go off and, uh, man, it was such a great moment. I just, I always love going back and watching that because, you know, you hear the buzzer go off and, and here comes this beautiful white black robe. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Heenan just, no, damn it. You know, and, uh, and you never heard anybody cuss on WWE television at that time. And Heenan just letting it go was so perfect. And Heenan's commentary was so great. Um, that whole rumble, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, he goes, uh, one of the best spots in that rumble is Haku comes in and, uh, and, <laughs> and then Haku, uh, helps Flair out, like holds somebody to let Flair chop him. And Keenan's like, Oh, good job, Haku. Good job. <laughs> and then, uh, ha- Haku like turns around and chops Flair. And, <laughs> and then uh, Heenan's like, what the heck are you thinking? Haku? Have you gone nuts? You know, it was just, it was so good. It's just such an enjoyable watch. And that's such an enjoyable watch because the entire time, man, you're not taking your eyes off Flair. You're watching Flair the whole time. And that's like the most who's who of professional wrestling Royal Rumbles that there's ever been. So like the fact that you can't take your eyes off of him just says everything you need to know about why he's so high on this list. Yeah. I mean, there's... There's this match at Texas Stadium with uh, Kerry Von Erich for the NW title. Oh, there's man. there's Starcade, I believe it was Starcade '85 or '86 against Dusty, where Dusty finally you know beat him to win the title. Oh man! Uh, yeah. Let's see what else. Uh, the trilogy that we talk about it all the time. The trilogy yep. with Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat, who was honorable mention on this list. Um, you just mentioned '92 Rumble. Uh, he had a pretty. <laughs> Pretty good series of matches with Brett, even. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Starcade 93 against Vader. Mm-hmm. He made the world believe that, you know, like uh, this big imposing force just came in there and he was supposed to kick Rick Flair's ass. And then, you know, he, Rick, somehow, some way, he got a great match out of Vader, which I'm not saying Vader was a bad talent. He was a great worker, but he got, it was just such a contrast of styles. And then he rolls him up at the end and he gets the win, which nobody yep. thought was going to happen because, you know, it's a little Rick Flair versus Vader. Um, yeah, he made Sting. Um, he had uh, pretty good matches with Jericho early on in his WWF uh, career. I remember that uh, vividly. SummerSlam 02 was a pretty good match as well. Um, really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could go. He's like Jericho with me. I could go on and on about Rick Flair, but I won't. Because uh, I know we need to, we need to get to our number one and. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, number Sorry. one, the best, the greatest, 
for our personal opinions, the greatest Mr. Worker, WrestleMania. Mr. WrestleMania. There's a reason they call him Mr. WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels. Shawn is like the guys that we would say um, are the greatest. Say that Shawn Michaels is the greatest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're like. If you if you got all the greats together and was like, who's the greatest? They're like, well, I was awesome, but Sean's the best, well, you know. And um, Sean was, you could see it from as early as the Rockers in AWA. Um, Marty was good too, but you could always see that Sean was a step above. Uh, he was a, a world apart. Um, and then. You, when they split him up and he became a single star, you could almost see um, that there was no way he was not going to progress because of um, you know the flare spot, uh, flip spot into the turnbuckle, um, the countless. He just he 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 was such a great seller, just like perfect, you know um, that that he really. He was so good as a heel in those early singles matches because he could sell his ass off, but also get some offense and um, and keep the match going and everything like that. I remember the match he had with Brett at that first Survivor Series when it was champion versus champion, um, and he had just got the IC title from Bulldog. That was a really good match. Um, and then, so there's like two phases of Sean's career for me. Um, there was that phase all the way up till WrestleMania 14, where he sort of passed the torch to to Stone Cold, um, which that was a great match too. But then there was also that how impressive it was for him when he came back and he kind of had the matches with Hunter there, and then it was like, oh, well, Shawn Michaels is back, and not only is he back, but Jesus, he's still the best guy in the company as far as just able to go in there and have a match. Um, the two WrestleMania matches with Undertaker are legendary. Um, just just um, absolute clinics. Um, he had great matches with Hunter. He had, of course, incredible matches with Brett. Great match with Ric Flair. Um, and, and these are all different kinds of guys. He had matches with Sid. He had matches with Kevin Nash. Um, he had matches with Kurt Angle. I mean, uh, he had matches with Jericho. I mean, everybody that had a hand in this business that was could call themselves great, he was in the same ring with him at one time or another, and he was the best in that ring. Um, he's the best that there is as far as a worker, and that's why he's number one on the list. Go ahead about Shawn Michaels. Um, man, I... It's hard to describe him. He's 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 that good. It, it's yeah. Um, you mentioned another one though, where you you wish he wouldn't have hurt his back. Yeah, as bad as he did. Because there's no telling like but, what he could. But have still, done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not saying that's not not because he still had a great career. But um, uh, you were mentioning all those guys he wrestled, and when we was do when we was thinking about this list, the the one match that came to mind for me, and I don't know if you ever seen or not, but they're they're in England in 2007. And him and Cena are having a feud. And I want to say that this is probably Cena's best match he's ever had. Cena and I'm sure it is Cena and HBK go an hour in yeah, England. Oh, and it was 
I remember watching. Was it on- like the Was it like the UK Rampage or something like what was it? No, called? it was just a Raw. It was just a Monday Night Raw. It was a Raw. They gave him an hour, and the, this was back when Raw was still like a oh, two-hour show, and they gave him an hour, and they went out. There I gotta go YouTube that or network it. Yeah, like is it on like Raw's Greatest Matches or something like that? I'll have to. I, I'll text you the. I'll look on. I'll text network. you the date, and I could. I'm sure it's on Raw, but I'm I'm sure it'd be on Raw's Greatest Matches. But uh, from start to finish, it was like a. Honestly, it was like a steamboat, you know, flare match. Uh, but HBK made Cena look like a million bucks, you know, and that was back when awesome. everybody was just, you know, still in the, you know, Cena can't wrestle. And, and to a degree, yeah. that's true. But man, made Cena make look like a million bucks. Um, but yeah, that's that's just a, a, one of the reasons he's on this, you know, the number one. And uh, I think it's rightfully so. Um, but, yes, sir. That's our list. Um, that's, that's the list. Wow, that that was a good talk. That was that was a good. Right it. We're the Iron Man. We're the Iron Man. Right it in an hour. Yeah, that's right. Um, once again, we're going to get back to the drawing board. We're going to think of the next topic. We're going to try to, you know, get them out as much as we can. Um, we'll probably um, we'll, we'll probably what we can probably do next is not to give anything away because we certainly talk about this and it's a joint effort, but. Um, there, we, we've got a big AEW coming up and we just had an AEW, but also we had a very good raw according to you this last Monday night. Um, and we've had some really interesting developments in WWE as far as Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff now taking over as executive producers and each of them doing television. And I don't know about you, but I think maybe we already see the fruits of that decision uh, with these last couple episodes of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I agree. I think we can uh, we can do an episode on that. I, I think that'll be a be a good change. I like these top tens, but that'd be a good change, and uh, I, I think that'd yeah. be a uh, probably a, a good idea. Did you do. see? I don't want to go into it too much, but did you see? Did you watch Fighter Fest? I did. Yes. Did you like it? I did. Uh, there was parts where it was, I, I didn't, but overall I enjoyed the show pretty good. And the chair shot. Ooh, that was, that was rough to watch. Man, man. That was rough to watch. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't want to beat up on them too because I, but I, it just felt kind of like they were just, it was just an event to have an event to get to the next event, yeah. you know? Because I, you know, I don't know what happened, and you may be able to fill me in on this. But why did, why is Cody uh, going up against the guy he did instead of the match with Dustin, like he said he was going to have? Okay, you know, okay. I mean, we're, not against Dustin, but with Dustin as a partner. We're, uh, okay. you know, he, did, he he does the amazing promo about I need a big brother, and uh, and then what happened? Well, that's going to happen. Okay, it's. This kid named Darby Allen, he's a he's an indie darling. He's a really good wrestler, but I think they were just mm-hmm. trying to showcase him a bit. Okay, um, okay. No, it's actually uh, the, their next event on July thirteenth. Uh, uh, Fight for the Fallen. They're doing like a, a event in Jacksonville. That's when we're going to see the Bucks versus uh, the Rhodes brothers. Oh man! So it's gonna okay. happen. It's gonna happen. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. But yeah. Well, that will that one be streamed too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It will happen, but yeah, man. Um. Yeah, we can do we can do the current state of you know WWE yeah. for better or worse. Uh, coming up. Yep. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's uh, at Real Broski Cast. Um, 
But yeah. keep listening to us, guys. Keep listening hey, to us. the only thing this is going to grow is if you share and and talk about it. And um, if you know pro wrestling fans, you know, hey, have them holler at us and um, you know, say you enjoy the show. Maybe throw us some topics. Maybe uh, you want to join us, something like that. You know, it's all good. My bro here's been kicking butt, kind of uh, you know, going and and hanging with the UWE guys. I think you were actually even going to uh, work some gorilla. I mean, that may not have worked out this last time, but um, I, I'm glad to know that you're you're getting um, linked up with some of the local uh, indie guys uh, and actually getting in the scene, and that's just going to help our our podcast even more. Yeah, no, uh, can't say enough good things about uh, UWE. Uh, Brad and Brandon, they're the uh, Brad and Brandon. You, uh, yeah, they're the uh, they're the owners of uh, UWE. Uh, mm-hmm. Good guys, um, good stuff. If you're ever in Tahlequah and you got six bucks in your pocket on a Saturday night when they're running a show. Go check them out. Um, uh, fun stuff to watch. Uh, yeah, cool. it's been a it's been a good show. And uh, you just put them over. I just put them over. Yeah, you just shined. A, you just shine UWE. I just shined them. You went out there and sold your ass off for UWE. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's though. what you gotta do. That's what all. That's what you that's what all the best ones do. The year. That's why I call you the Arn Anderson of Tahlequah. That's right. Yes. I never knew that till now, but yeah, yeah. I no, yeah. I don't call you that. I I just called you that just now. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, we're good. Brother. We're good. Um, okay, man. But yeah, uh, I'm Caleb Salzman. This has been Jason Salzman, and this has been the Broski Cast. Thank you for yes, sir. signing off. I'll talk to you later, Jay. All right, bud. Love you, man. Love you. Later Bye. on.